Welcome to Propel Podcasts. I'm Elena, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about hydration and how to optimize your health through hydration. Some of the topics about hydration we'll talk about include why hydration is important, how much water do you need, foods that hydrate, how to tell if you're hydrated, dehydration, and even overhydration, exercise, as well as some tips for staying hydrated. So let's get started. Water is essential to life. Everyone knows this, but do we really make sure we are taking care of our bodies and giving it the water that it needs? Water plays a role in keeping everything going, including helping the heart pump blood efficiently, supporting blood vessel function, and orchestrating circulation. Water is vital in playing a role to keeping all bodily systems working well. Every cell, tissue, and organ needs water to to function properly. Water helps regulate body temperature by removing heat from the body when a person sweats. It lubricates and cushions our joints. It protects our spine and other sensitive tissues. Water also gets rid of waste through urination, bowel movements, and sweat. Water comprises from about 75% of our body weight in infants to approximately 55% in elderly individuals. Water is needed for cellular homeostasis. It increases the volume of blood, which affects blood pressure and heart rate. Water dissolves gases and allows for efficient exchange and transport of oxygen and carbon dioxide. Water carries toxins that have been made water-soluble out of the body. Maintaining this body's fluid level is imperative. There are also factors that contribute to fluid loss, which include sweating, exhaling, urination, diuretic intake, and natural body exertion to maintain core temperature. For example, while we're sleeping, we lose water. Even breathing is a hydrating act. Individuals at higher altitudes and those in extreme temperatures may also need more fluids. If you're sick, you have a fever or you're vomiting or diarrhea, your fluid needs are even higher. With that being said, drinking water is the single most important thing you can do to help improve your health. It's also important to know that as we age, hydration becomes more difficult. We lose muscle mass. Therefore, we lose the ability to hold water as efficiently and effectively as when we're younger. Hydration starts from within. No amount of hydrating creams or lotions are going to be effective, especially if you're not well hydrated on the inside first. Before we go any further, I want to make sure that this is clear. Hydration is not a one size fits all. It is extremely individualized and can even vary from day to day based on the activities you're engaging in. The recommendations we discussed today are general and the tips and information we discuss will further guide you to figure out your individualized needs and how to ensure you maximize your hydration potential for optimal health, both internally and externally. With that being said, you've probably heard more than once the recommendation to drink at least eight glasses of water a day. But in reality, would a five foot two non-athletic elderly woman and a six-foot college athlete 
both just need the same eight glasses of water a day? Not likely. Everyone is different and therefore have different requirements. Something else to keep in mind is that some people may need less water because they eat so many foods that contribute to their water needs. We're going to talk about eating water shortly. In general, though, there are guidelines for sedentary adults living in moderate climates and those guidelines for women about 11 and a half cups a day, for men about 15 and a half cups. This estimate includes water and fluids consumed from foods and beverages. Foods with high water content, such as fruits and vegetables, can make up about 20% of those water needs. There are many factors that influence how much water a person needs, including age, gender, activity level, and health conditions. We also need to consume more water when we're in a higher altitude, we're exercising in extreme temperatures, or for longer periods of time, you're pregnant or breastfeeding, or if you have an illness that promotes water loss, again, such as a fever or diarrhea and vomiting. So keeping these general recommendations in mind, as well as the factors I just mentioned, do you need more? Do you need less? The answer is it really just depends. It depends on your lifestyle and activity level and the other variables we mentioned earlier. Some thoughts here. Try to consume at least six cups of plain water, which leave room for unsweetened coffee, tea, diet drinks, and low-fat milk. Recent studies have shown that caffeine will not cause dehydration. However, since it is a diuretic, try to only count half towards your fluid needs. So for example, eight ounces of tea, um, you'll want to count about four ounces towards your fluid needs for the day. We always try to encourage limiting those caffeinated beverages to 24 ounces or less per day. There are other beverages outside of water and coffee that can contribute to our hydration and be part of a healthy diet when consumed in moderation. Low or no calorie beverage options include sparkling water, the tea or coffee, seltzers, and flavored waters. Some drinks that do have calories, but also some important nutrients include low-fat or fat-free milk, 100% fruit or vegetable juice, or unsweetened fortified milk alternatives. As I mentioned earlier, drinking water isn't the only way to stay hydrated. Water is the most important way to stay hydrated. However, there are many other beverages I just mentioned and food options in addition to water to help you consume adequate fluids during the day. Food often overlooked as a water source can, again, be a rich supply of fluid. In fact, about 20% or more of the fluids we consume come from the foods that we eat and far more, again, if you choose water-rich foods. Those people who eat a plant-based diet also tend to get a lot more hydration from foods. Fruit is your best bet for significantly upping the amount of water in your diet. Fruit is portable with little preparation involved, so it's an easy item to have on hand. The amount of liquid expelled when cutting or squeezing a piece of fruit is a good indication of just how much water it contains. Think about a watermelon and just how much liquid comes out of even just a small amount. 
Vegetables, especially non-starchy ones, are another great source of water. They can contain more than 90% water. Add veggies to your existing meals or pack them as a snack to have extra fluids available. As a bonus, those non-starchy vegetables are also low in calories. Let's talk about some examples of those foods that are hydrating. Foods that with 90 to 100% water content include fruits like watermelon, cantaloupe, and strawberries. Vegetables such as lettuce, cabbage, celery, spinach, and cooked squash. Foods with around 70 to 89% of water content include bananas, apples, grapes, oranges, pears, and pineapples. Carrots, cooked broccoli, and avocados. Dairy products even, such as yogurt, cottage cheese, and ricotta cheese. Another option, broth-based soups also contribute to your fluid intake. There's also some sodium found in soups to help balance those electrolytes, which can be beneficial for athletes and individuals working in the heat who may be losing fluids and electrolytes through sweat. When appropriate, choose low sodium options. Lastly, some other foods that also contain less water, but can still help contribute to fluid needs are things like puddings, cooked cereals such as oatmeal, rice and pastas, and even fish and seafood. So we've talked about foods and beverages that hydrate us, but the question we haven't answered yet is, how do we know if we're hydrated? And this is a difficult question to answer, as the water and fluid needs of each person is individual, so is really knowing our total hydration status. However, there are some best practices to help monitor our hydration. We really are meant to get up and urinate every two to three hours, or at least six times a day. Our urine color should be a lighter lemonade color. If it's dark yellow or even amber colored, you need to increase the amount of water and fluids you consume. Another way, bowel movements should be soft. Constipation or hard bowel movements can be signs that you're not drinking enough water. Thirdly, monitor your weight before and after strenuous activity or activity in the heat for longer periods of time. Drink at least two and a half cups for every pound loss to ensure that you're replenishing those losses. Not a reliable indicator of hydration is thirst. Fluid levels can drop by 2 to 3% before you even realize that you're thirsty. So you could already be dehydrated. Also, as we age, our natural thirst cues diminish, make it, making it even less of a reliable way to tell if you're getting enough fluid. So knowing some indicators of hydration status, now let's talk about dehydration and its impact on the body. First of all, it doesn't have to be hot outside to experience dehydration. You can be dehydrated anywhere at any time. Dehydration occurs when your body loses more fluids than you take in. If you aren't proactive to ensure you're meeting those fluid needs, you can very easily become dehydrated. Signs and symptoms usually begin as mild, but can turn more serious, even fatal, very quickly if no action is taken. 
Even mild levels of dehydration can influence cognitive function, including changes in concentration, alertness, and short-term memory. Headaches, dizziness, and even digestion issues can also be a sign of dehydration. Many times, afternoon fatigue that hits is actually due to dehydration rather than low blood sugar. More severe dehydration can cause confusion, kidney failure, heart issues, and possibly death if no action is taken quickly. Let's talk about some mild to moderate signs of dehydration. Those include thirst, dry skin, lips and mouth, dark yellow or amber colored urine like we mentioned, flushed skin, premature fatigue, increased body temperature, faster breathing and pulse rate, decreased exercise capacity and muscle cramping. So what do we do if we've got those signs of mild dehydration? Immediately take action to prevent more severe hydration. Replenishing the fluid level in your body by drinking water or clear fluids is the only way to quickly rehydrate your body. As mentioned before, drink two and a half cups for every pound of weight lost. Sports drinks may be appropriate depending on the activity or exercise you're performing and level of dehydration. Also, keep in mind, caffeine and alcohol can increase those fluid losses, so try to avoid coffee, tea, sodas, and alcohol when you're already dehydrated. Also, stop any activity and rest in a cool place while rehydrating. Severe signs of dehydration can include dizziness or fainting, vomiting, drowsiness or confusion, increased weakness, labored breathing with exercise, or even blood in our vomit or diarrhea. For more severe dehydration, you should call 911 and seek medical attention right away. IV fluids may be necessary as well as monitoring for other more serious issues that may occur. It's also important to note that there are certain individuals who can experience dehydration more quickly or easily. Those who are ill and have diarrhea or vomiting, individuals who have a chronic illness such as diabetes or kidney disease, if you've had heat-related illness issues previously, if you take diuretics, which are medications that cause you to urinate more. You can also experience dehydration more quickly or easily if you live in or are visiting a higher altitude. It's also important to take note, children and elderly individuals are also at an increased risk of dehydration, so special attention should be given to those individuals to ensure they're staying adequately hydrated. Overhydration is also possible, but it is quite rare. Athletes and people with certain rare medical conditions may be at a greater risk for overhydration. When you drink too much water, your kidneys are not able to excrete the excess water and the sodium content of your blood is therefore lowered. This is called hyponatremia and it can be life-threatening. Keep in mind, for most people, it does take an extreme amount of water and low levels of sodium in the body to become hyponatremic. If you have further questions about hyponatremia or the potential for overhydration, you should consult with your physician. So now let's switch gears a bit and talk about how hydration is important, specifically for those who engage in physical activity or exercise or perform work out in those hot climates.
As I mentioned earlier, hydration status is critical to the body's process of temperature control and regulation. Water loss through sweat is actually a cooling mechanism in physical activity in hot climates. Sweat production is also individualized and depends on several different factors, including temperature and humidity level, activity level, and the type of clothing you wear. During exercise, we lose water and electrolytes. With as little as a 2% loss in body fluid, performance declines. For example, a 200-pound man who loses 4 pounds of fluid will show signs of impaired performance, such as reduced endurance, increased fatigue, altered body temperature regulation, reduced motivation, and increased perceived effort. So to combat these losses, as I mentioned before, you want to rehydrate and drink two and a half cups of water for every pound of fluid lost. So for example, for that 200 pound man, a 2% weight loss is four pounds, and therefore he needs to drink at least 10 cups to help replace those losses. Electrolytes are also needed to help maintain your body's fluid balance and muscle activity. The four main minerals to maintain electrolyte balance are sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Potassium and sodium are lost when you sweat. Sodium, in particular, causes the body to retain more fluids, lowering the chance of dehydration, and it triggers our thirst mechanism, which promotes more fluid intake. Most electrolytes can be replaced by eating the right foods. Fruits and vegetables rich in electrolytes include, for sodium, celery, beets, pickles, carrots, broccoli, tomato, and cauliflower. Good sources of potassium include carrots, sweet potato, cantaloupe, honeydew, banana, zucchini, tomato. Magnesium includes bananas, spinach, watermelon, blackberries, avocado, collard greens, and cabbage. Lastly, calcium. Good sources include kale, spinach, Swiss chard, broccoli, collards, turnip greens, and mustard greens. So you'll notice these fruit vegetables mentioned also are really high in water content. Sports drinks and hydration powders are only recommended in certain conditions. They are designed for use during and after high intensity and or high endurance activities that last greater than 30 minutes, as well as when exercising or working in extremely hot environments. Unless you're an, an athlete competing in extreme events, try to consume only low calorie or no calorie sports drinks or water to stay hydrated. Sports drinks can also be used when eating a meal is not necessarily practical though it's not recommended to use sports drinks as a meal replacer. Remember, meals and snacks help replenish our fluids, our sodium, and other electrolytes. So as you may do some further research about hydration on your own, remember to make sure you're using reliable resources for information. Some resources that may be helpful include sites such as eatright.org, the National Institutes of Health, the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, the CDC, and the Mayo Clinic. 
So we've talked a lot about strategies around the why and how of hydration. I want to finish our discussion today by bringing you some practical tips for hydration that you can implement anytime. First things first, be proactive. Don't wait until you feel thirsty to drink water or other fluids. So a way to think about this is to drink water throughout the day. Drink early and often. Have a glass of water as soon as you wake up in the morning and before going to bed. Drink a glass of water with your medicine if you take any medicine. Drink a glass of water before each meal and before and after exercising. Take sips of fluid between bites during meals. Carry a refillable water bottle to keep fluids readily available wherever you go. Always keep water handy, especially when you're outside in the heat or during physical activities. Try to limit again alcohol, caffeine, and high sugar beverages, not only because of the impact on hydration, but also on overall weight management and the negative health effects of each when not consumed in moderation. Choosing water over sodas and alcohol when eating out at restaurants can also save you money. Try fruit-infused water if you're not a huge water fan. It's an easy way to eat and drink your water at the same time. Choose water-filled fruits and veggies. Again, some of my favorites are strawberries or cucumber. But any fruit like lemon, lime, strawberry, raspberries are a great way to add some fresh flavor. Eating water-filled foods, again, is also a great way to stay hydrated and consume healthy nutrients. So keep those healthy snacks on hand like fruit and yogurt. Remember to monitor your weight before and after extreme activities and or working or exercising in the heat. Use an app or alarm. Set reminders to drink water with that alarm on your smartphone or your watch. Use flavor enhancers to add some variety. Look for products made with natural flavors and naturally derived sweeteners such as fruit, stevia, and monk fruit extract. Just like anything, hydration needs to become a natural habit. Just like you put your clothes on each day, drinking water should be just as much a habit. I hope you find this information helpful and, and I have enjoyed sharing this time with you today. Be sure to log your attendance in the tracker under the wellness category with the activity name Propel Podcasts. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And from everyone here at Propel, be well.